Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Sunday Morning Alive. You know, the scripture teaches us, forsake not the gathering of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but much more as you see the day approaching. Amen. We should be people that clearly understand the signs of the times. Now, date setting is wrong. The scripture is very clear that to set a date for the return of the Lord is wrong. Jesus said, no man knoweth a day or the hour. Oh, but friend, he didn't say that we wouldn't know a season for his coming. Amen. No man can pinpoint it. And people who have tried have brought a terrible reproach against the very fact of his coming. We're going to see that in just a few moments here in Scripture. But I want you to know that Jesus Christ is coming soon. And we're titling this message, The Soon Coming of Jesus. Something we used to hear all the time. And now we only hear it some of the time. People have got too busy and too distracted. And when I say people, I'm talking about Christian people. Ah, but today, in the midst of these events that are affecting the world globally, not just the pandemic, but all of the unrest around the world that was occurring before the pandemic and will still be occurring with more frequency after the pandemic. End-time events are clearly in focus. You know, the scripture says of Christians that we're not children of the night, but we are children of the day. We're not children of the night that that day overtake us as a thief. Amen. And we're warned by Jesus to let not your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting, drunkenness, and the cares of this life, that that day overtake you as a thief. For as a snare, it shall come upon all the inhabitants of the earth. Amen. We're told to watch and pray that we might be accounted worthy to escape all these things and to stand before the Son of Man. Listen, these are those days that the Bible speaks of. The day of the Lord hasteneth greatly, the Scripture said. Once things are set in motion, they continue. It's like dominoes. When one is tipped, another tips another, tips another, tips another, tips another, tips another. Have you seen them set up a, a pattern, a complex but beautiful pattern with dominoes, hundreds of them? And you tip one and they all start falling to form this very beautiful pattern. We are seeing the tipping of the dominoes. We're seeing the pattern that will end up with the coming of Christ. The culmination of this pattern is the coming of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I want you to turn with me to the book of Revelation this morning. Revelation chapter 22, verse 7, verse 12, and verse 20. Verse 7, verse 12, and verse 20. Amen. The words of Jesus, the warning from Jesus. Amen. The book, the Bible itself, the last book of the Bible, would not be 
closed without this counsel from Christ, this warning from Jesus, and this this clear word of the Lord to you and me if you know Christ as your Savior today. Amen. Listen to what it says. Verse 7 says, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Verse 12 says, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give to every man according as his work shall be. And verse 20 says, He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Even so, Come, Lord Jesus. A lot of times when I open our broadcast or our Bible study, I say Maranatha because it is a term in Scripture that means come, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We should be longing for His return and we should be looking for His return and we should be living in the light of His soon coming. The secret coming, the rapture of the church, the coming to stand upon the earth and to judge the the wicked. Amen. Jesus is coming very, very soon. The great preacher F.B. Meyer once asked another great minister, D.L. Moody, What is the secret of your success? He was winning so many souls to the Lord. Moody replied, For many years... I have never given an address without the consciousness that the Lord may come before I have finished. You see, he was preaching in the light of the soon coming of Jesus and so many people that are unprepared for his return. This may well explain the intensity of his service and the zeal of his ministry for Jesus Christ. One of the most encouraging teachings in the Bible is that the Lord is going to return to this earth for his own and then with us return to this earth to rule and reign where there's a new heaven and a new earth. Amen. Three times, three times in Revelation 22, this promise is repeated. As God was about to close the pages of divine revelation, He called attention to this great theme, announcing the words of Jesus Christ Himself. Surely, I am coming quickly. The last words of our Lord before leaving this earth, 20 centuries plus ago, remind us that He's coming back for us. With such a forceful assurance, closing the canon of Scripture, We can have this hope continually in our hearts. The expectation of seeing our Savior, of being just like Him, and being with Him for all eternity should prompt us, as it did Moody, to serve the Lord with everything we are and everything we have with deep devotion and holy anticipation. The world... Those outside the kingdom of God are completely blinded and indifferent to the certainty of Christ's coming and the tribulation. But friend of mine, it's coming anyway. He's coming anyway. Whether we're ready or not, He's coming. 
And the scripture said to be ye also ready, for in an hour you think not the Son of Man cometh. Amen. Carl Sagan, the astronomer from Cornell University, put the second coming of Christ in the same category as the cow, and I'm quoting, the cow that jumped over the moon. We understand that he simply ruled out the meaningfulness of all religious language. It's not scientific, and so it's not real. And Jesus warns us very clearly in Scripture not to get so caught up with this world that we are caught unprepared for His coming. Luke 21, verse 34 and 35. Listen to what He says. And take heed to yourself, lest at any time, I've quoted it, I'm reading it, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting, drunkenness, and cares of this life, so that that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare, which means a trap, it shall come upon all them that dwell on the face of the earth. And we are told, amen, that we are are to be in a situation that we are able to escape all these things and stand before the Son of Man. Amen. There's a judgment seat of Christ that Christians stand, but it doesn't have to do with where we spend eternity. It's whether we will be rewarded or ashamed, but it, we are there with Him. Amen. The earthbound Christian is more concerned about the return on their investment than the return of the Lord. But I'm praying that in this global pandemic and the uncertainties that it has brought to the financial markets and to business as usual in the world, that this lost message in many circles is going to be brought back to the forefront. Jesus is coming soon. Ray Stedman, and I'm quoting him, said one of the great reasons the church is so confused in this day One of the reasons the church says so little of the true significance or says so little of true significance to the world is that it has neglected and abandoned by and large the hope of the coming of the Lord. There are very few sermons preached on it. There's very little said about it. There's no time given to a consideration of what this hope means and why it is set forth so frequently and so clearly in Scripture. Great sections of the Scriptures that deal with the hope of our Lord's return are simply ignored by many Christians and many Christian leaders. But friend of mine, I want to give you three things about this indispensable hope of the coming of Jesus Christ. Number one, it is a certain hope. It's going to occur. Right in the midst of all the gainsaying world, right in the midst of all the failed pinpointing prophecies of people trying to give the day and the hour. Listen, no man knoweth the day or the hour, and we shouldn't even try to pinpoint the time of His coming. But we can know and we must know the season of His coming. So that regardless if it's tomorrow or next year, amen, or the year after that, or before we're through with this broadcast, we are ready 
for the coming of Jesus. That's why the scripture said, forsake not the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some is, but much more as you see the day approaching. If we couldn't know the season of it coming, we couldn't see the day approaching. Amen. And that day can be interpreted as the day of the Lord, the great tribulation, the time of Jacob's trouble. Listen, but the coming of Christ for his bride, the coming of Christ for his church, the coming of Christ for his redeemed ones is a secret coming because he's coming, the scripture said, as a thief in the night. Hallelujah. Praise God. First Thessalonians 4 says that, that the dead in Christ are going to rise when the last trump sounds. Amen. The dead in Christ are going to rise. And we which are living and remain will be caught up with them, snatched away with great force is what that term means. Amen. With him to ever, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. It's going to happen. And the scripture said it's going to happen in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Hallelujah. As the lightning shines from the east to the west, so shall it be in the coming of Jesus. A secret coming. Hallelujah. Praise God. And then he's going to come at the end of the tribulation. He's going to come to rule and reign and set his foot upon this earth and judge the earth and reign for a millennial reign. Glory be to God. It is a certain hope. Listen to Second Peter 3 verse 2 through 9. That you may be mindful of the words which were spoken by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, and the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first. There shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, Where's the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of the Lord the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise. You see, it's going to happen. He said it. He's going to bring it to pass. As some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He will not be goaded into coming prematurely. There's still a space of opportunity for men and women, boys and girls, to repent of their sin and receive Christ as their Savior and be ready for the coming of Jesus and escape that judgment that will come upon all the inhabitants of the earth. God will not be goaded by scoffers into shutting the door of the ark. In His love and mercy, He still 
cause for repentance. God would not complete the Bible without one last invitation. In the last verses of the last chapter, in the last book, <laughs> amen, the call is given. Listen to Revelation 22 in verse 17. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Oh, God is so ready to forgive our sin. God is so ready to deliver us from the kingdom of darkness and translate us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Hallelujah. You make no mistake about it. Heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. According to John 14, 1 through 3, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. That's the certainty. Hallelujah. And receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Not only is it a certain hope, the coming of Christ is a purifying hope. First John 3, verse 2 and 3 says, Beloved, now we are the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him. For we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. Praise God. Amen. Those who are living in the light of the soon coming of Jesus, those who are longing for him are going to be looking for him. Praise God. And if we're looking for Him, it's going to affect the way we're living our life for Him. Amen. Layman Strauss put it this way. He said, Every Christian I've ever known who believed in the Lord's return and who gave serious thought to His coming also made serious preparations for it. Paul's exhortation on the blessed hope emphasizes the matter of purity. Peter linked Christ's second coming to a challenge to moral cleanliness. This blessed hope is an incentive to patience, sincerity, charitableness, and considerateness. Amen. Nothing could possibly have a more sanctifying effect on a believer and a child of God than the thought of the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. Return. Return. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. We could be without setting a day or hour, but a season for His coming. We could well be the generation that will see the coming of Jesus Christ without doing any injustice to any of the prophecies that point to the last days and the end times. Hallelujah. Watch ye therefore the Scriptures teach. 
for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. Therefore be ye also ready for an hour, as you think not the Son of Man cometh. Matthew twenty four forty two and 44. Listen, the sanctifying effect of this hope should motivate the child of God to be diligent in keeping ourselves pure as the ermine who lives in the forest of northern Europe. His white coat against anything would soil it. Fur hunters take advantage of this unusual trait of the ermine. They don't set a snare to catch him, but instead they find his home, usually in the cleft of a rock or in a hollow tree. They smear the entrance with grime. The hunters set dogs loose to chase the ermine. The frightened animal naturally flees toward home, but refuses to enter because of the filth on the entry. Rather than soil his white coat, he's trapped by the dogs and captured while preserving his purity. For the ermine, purity is more precious than life itself. Wouldn't it be something if we would not tarnish this robe of righteousness that has been granted us through the grace of God and the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Wouldn't it be something today if every Christian began to live our life in the, in, with, the, with the purifying effect of the soon coming of Jesus. Hallelujah. That we might be a separated people, a sanctified people, a beautiful bride for a wonderful groom. Hallelujah. The coming of Christ is also, dear friend, a blessed hope. A blessed hope. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 14. It said, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present. Yes, this is it possible? Yes, but only through Jesus and the help and the power and the person of the Holy Spirit and the sanctifying cleansing of the Word of God and of the blood of Christ. Hallelujah. The grace of God teaches us as Christians that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. (laughs) Hallelujah. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto Himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Hallelujah. Praise God. What a blessed hope we have in these days when the Bible said of these days, these last days, that evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. The darkness uh, would cover the earth. There's an Old Testament prophecy in Isaiah chapter 60, and it says, Darkness shall cover the earth. Gross darkness shall cover the people. 
We're living in that day, in that time, when the rulers of the darkness of this world are blinding and binding the minds of men and women, boys and girls. And all of the, all of the crime that occurs when the light is extinguished is occurring and all of the terrible things that are happening around the world as this darkness settles in like a evil dark mist covering the earth and gross thick darkness covering the people of the earth. And it says in that verse, continuing the thought, Arise and shine, for thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord shall rise upon thee and be seen upon thee. That's what it meant when Jesus said, You are the light of the world. God's luminaries. That's why we live out our faith boldly, publicly. Amen. I'm a Christian. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He said, because of the, the good news of Jesus and all the persecutions that it brings, some people act like they're ashamed to be called a Christian. But he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to every one who believes. Praise God. Dear friend of mine, I want you to know I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm glad to be counted worthy to be persecuted. I'm glad I can be counted worthy to be ostracized from, from family members down through the years because of my faith in Christ. I never did try to be condemning or, or speak to anyone condescendingly. But I am an unabashed, unashamed child of the living God. I have received Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. For the Scriptures declare there is one God and one mediator between God and man. And that is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Who said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no man can come to the Father except by me. Oh, what a wonderful sovereign he is. What a great king to serve. And what a gracious, wonderful Savior he is. Hallelujah. Who am I? that a king would bleed and die for? Who am I that he would say, not my will thine for? The answer I may never know. Why he ever loved me so that to an old rugged cross he would go. For who am I? What gives me value? What gives me worth? Is, is not my education, my eloquence, my, 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 my I, I, I'm not even going to, I don't know if there's a word about handsome or manliness or, or, or my personality or no. What gives me worth is not that I have, I have won the lottery or I have, I have played the stock market and become rich. I'm a millionaire, billionaire. The car I drive, the clothes. No, what gives me worth Worth and what gives you worth, regardless of your background and who you are and what your vocation is, what gives you worth is the price that God was willing to pay and that Christ paid in full at the cross for you and me. Oh, friend, I and you 
were worth the blood of Jesus shed to the last drop in agony and suffering on the cross that our sins may be forgiven. If we would repent of our sin and call upon the Lord, the Bible said that He would be faithful and just to forgive our sin and cleanse us from unrighteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why I'm not retired after 46 years of ministry and counting, going on 47. That's why I'm not sitting in my easy chair writing my memoirs. (laughs) Hallelujah. That's why I'm coming to you today telling you that Jesus coming is very, very soon. Telling you how to be ready for the coming of the Lord. John Piper writes about this blessed hope. Here's what he says in closing. This confident hope gives us the encouragement and enablement we need for daily living. It does not put us in a rocking chair where we complacently await the return of Christ. Instead, it puts us in the marketplace, on the battlefield, where we keep on going when the burdens are heavy and the battles are hard. Hope is not a sedative. It is a shot of adrenaline, a spiritual blood transfusion. Oh, I feel that in my soul today. Do you? Are you a Christian today? Have you accepted Christ as your Savior? And are you living as a Christian in the light of the soon coming of Jesus? Hallelujah. If you're not, I pray that you will do what the Scripture said. When you see these things begin to come to pass, see, we can know the season of His coming. Look up. Look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Friend of mine, if you don't know Him once again, don't run from Jesus. Don't run from the cross. Don't run from the Christ that loved you so much and the Father that gave His Son. Run to Him. Run to them. Fall on your knees. Repent of your sin. Receive Jesus. And look with us for the soon return of our Savior. 